Welcome to The Great Conversation, where ideas matter. Ideas not only shape markets, they can change the world. Uh, we have with us today someone who's worked with CEOs in a community of CEOs for 15 years. He's a proven manager himself. In fact, he had a strategic talent management firm uh, that used to also uh, advise those CEOs. Uh, but we wanted to get a hold of him today because, quite frankly, I was intrigued with what, with what his learnings were over the last 15 years on what, leader, what makes leaders tick and what CEOs' greatest issues seem to be. And John Hartman, thank you very much. Again, the past president of CEO to CEO. Great having you with us today. It's great to be with you, Ron. Thank you. I actually, quite frankly for you all listening. I stumbled upon John because uh, of CEO to CEO. I was doing uh, some data mining and going, wow, this is interesting firm. I'm gonna have to get to know these people. I wonder who founded it. And that's how I found John Hartman. Uh, so great to have you here today. So John, um, let's, let's describe a little bit, just the format, uh, how you uh, brought them into a collegial setting how they shared their experiences with you, how they shared experiences with themselves. Let's just describe that so we, our, our members here can get an idea of the tone and tenor of these meetings. Well, I, I think the, uh, what I've always found with CEOs and business owners, uh, particularly people that uh, identify themselves as leaders, uh, not just managers, is they always have a curiosity about what other leaders are doing, and as importantly, why they're doing it, um, looking for new ideas. Um, in that CEO environment, in that job, it's a, it's a bucket full. There's a lot to do, a lot to keep, keep track of. So most CEOs, uh, even though they have a curiosity about what their peers are thinking and why, they um, also are pretty hemmed in by their responsibilities, uh, obviously within their organizations, but then also within their industries. Um, so they're, they're somewhat hamstrung that way. So the idea of the CEO to CEO uh, was a, it's a breakfast that we held every other month, which seemed to be in, you know, polling different CEOs. That was something that wasn't um, putting too much on their calendar. Um, and the idea was it was a not a membership organization, but um, a monthly breakfast, two hours to where CEOs would come together. And what I would do is find CEO speakers, some of them you know, well-known, um, read about them in the paper, uh, business periodicals, and being interviewed on TV um, to speak. But also in uh, my world with my clients and that type of thing, you'd uh, find a CEO that just had a, a heck of a story, did a terrific job of building a culture. And it was a, a CEO that uh, was unknown to everybody, but they had a great message, great story from real life to tell about uh, uh, their story. Um, so we'd have a CEO speaker, and the way the, the program worked is that the um, uh, CEOs would sign up for the breakfast. It was like $55, so it wasn't onerous. Um, they would come. We'd have some networking time, you know, sort of around the coffee pot, if you will, for people that know each other. Um, about 60% of the people that came to the breakfast came on a regular basis. And another 40% were people that had heard about it or were invited by another CEO to come to the breakfast. So they'd have, there'd be just some time just informal time for them to uh, mill around the room and get to know each other a little bit. 
And then I would seat people at tables uh, according to the number of employees they had, because there's more commonality in similar size organizations. I would introduce the, the topic that the speaker was going to talk about, give them a little bit, you know, give them my sort of two cents worth, maybe some background information, some facts and figures related to the topic that I researched. But then what I would do is I would uh, put together a discussion question related to the topic uh, for them to talk about at their table. So you could imagine there's five or six CEOs around the table. They've got this discussion uh, question related to the topic and give them about 15 to 20 minutes to uh, mull that over. Now, you can't get into a real deep dive in that amount of time, but it did two things. It made the um, CEO sitting there, uh, you know, forget about all the meetings he had coming up the rest of the day and that type of thing to focus on the topic. But as importantly, it gave them an opportunity to get introduced to one another. Um, that led to many business relationships taken off from there where they would get together um, outside of the meeting for a cup of coffee uh, to get to know what each other were thinking, why they were thinking it, and so on. Um, so after that discussion, we would maybe have a little bit of uh, feedback time from uh, the tables. Um, but more importantly, at that point in time, then we would bring up the speaker who would normally speak for about 45 minutes. Uh, and then we would uh, have, after that that time, have a, a time for, you know, a little bit of a debrief. What was, you know, what was the most important point that you took away from the, um, the speaker's thoughts, which was all, again, just done at the table. And then uh, some time, that sort of included also some time for Q&A of the speaker. So I found it to be a, a really interesting format in that people were, uh, what they really enjoyed about it is that there was a, a large portion of the meeting that they were actually participating themselves in, uh, in small groups. I think they found that to be a real value. How did you source your speakers? Well, as I say, I mean, there's always, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, one of the more popular uh, speaking categories, if you will, is if you had somebody involved in sports. So, you know, to have somebody like uh, uh, Pete Carroll come, even uh, probably one of the, the better speakers, or I wouldn't say better speaker, but one of the more intriguing speakers was John Schneider of the Seahawks. And uh, fortuitously, I uh, had John speak the year that the uh, Seahawks went to the Super Bowl and won. Um, <laughs> a very down to earth guy, but, but uh, uh, sports leaders, head coaches and that type of thing, general managers were a big draw. So you always knew that, uh, that that's a topic. Uh, other than that, you know, there's people that are, you read about in the um, business journals and magazines, you know, online and so on of uh, people. And, you know, some of those people are out there, other uh, organizations are putting them out there for the, the press, but they had an interesting story to tell and they've had some success. So I bring them in. But as I mentioned, I think some of the, um, the, the better speakers in terms of content is I would just in, in uh, the throes of me going around, uh, you know, talking to CEOs, trying to develop business, quite frankly, or having them as clients, uh, you would find somebody that would have just a really interesting story or they did something that uh, had a, a process uh, or strategies or, you know, achieved uh, certain areas. Culture is always huge. Uh, CEOs want to, you know, it's, it's somewhat of a, to some people, it's a very uh, intangible yet people always recognize the value of a strong culture. And so uh, one gentleman I had, a fellow by the name of Bobby Herrera, um, who was the CEO of the Populist Group, um, just real uh, sort of meager beginnings, built this company very successfully, but he was just, you know, lived a brief culture. And um, he was a great speaker, had a great message to tell, great insight, great uh, practical ideas for people to be able to execute. So, um, 
you just you can find you know really good speakers just going out and listening to people. Yeah, you and I were discussing uh, a while back that you know Drucker, who is one of the you know thought leaders in business, said culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, and so, what what have you learned over fifteen years about how you create a great culture? How do these CEOs create a great culture? I'm sure there's lots of different approaches and insights, but anything that just comes to mind pops out with that question? I think people that are, um, you know, one, they realize the value of it and um, it becomes front of mind to them. And they, they basically can take it from being somewhat of a intangible because oftentimes it's, uh, particularly for smaller businesses, uh, you know, or, uh, private businesses and that type of thing, they don't have the resources to be able to really track, you know, culture as you could track, you know, the profitability of a certain product or, you know, uh, whatever. And so it's, to some people, it's a little bit fuzzy, but I think most people recognize that, that great organizations have great cultures. So CEOs, uh, you know, like Bobby, that just, they just live and eat it until they can really sort of, uh, um, figure it out and, and start seeing changes happen in their organizations as they, and they're just very dogmatic about it. They just, uh, that's just what they're all about. Yeah. So, so using Bobby as the example, the lesson learned is this is, doesn't need to be an MBA course. This, this is about really caring for people and uh, encouraging them to work together. Yeah. I mean, you know, as you know, some, some people look at their organizations, they look at people being, uh, you know, just a real, detriment uh, to their organization that they're at expense or uh, they're a headache and so on and so forth and not to say some of that isn't true but i think other people will realize that if they're going to be successful they need to have good people that uh, can work well in the culture and uh, and by doing that it's going to make the, more, the organization more successful right uh, and they're willing to persevere and overcome those challenges to build really good organizations what do you think comes first, again, from your CEO community? What do you think comes first? You know, this is a chicken and egg question. Uh, is it vision and purpose where people will follow? Or is it culture first with vision and mission coming second? Which, which one is it, chicken and egg? I think you have to, uh, my thought would be as you, as a leader, you probably need to have a vision and as a as a as an important category, that vision is what the culture is going to be like within that vision that you have. Right. And then you you'll source out and you'll find um, people that buy into that, people that internalize that themselves. And quite frankly, you uh, if you have an organization, if you find the people that aren't going to buy into that, that's you're better off to send them down the road to find their next opportunity. That's right. When uh, Schneider and Carol took that team to the Super Bowl. What do you think that culture was like? How, what words would they use to describe that culture? Well, I think, uh, you know, sort of goes uh, back to what we were just talking about. I mean, I think it's, is that uh, they bring players in uh, to fit into that culture. I mean, I think that's very important to them. They, um, you know, I'm a Seahawk fan and I think one thing they, they've had very little dissension in the locker room. Um, so they have the vision and uh, the culture that they want to have, uh, the type of people that they need to, um, you know, buy into that culture and, and perform, you know, in that in that environment. Uh, and I think that's basically what they're um, 
that, that they leave without. Yeah, it's so funny, right? Because it isn't what kind of culture, cultures can be different with different companies. Uh, and, uh, and the context is in vision and purpose as well. But, you know, even, even in a bizarre way, um, unhealthy cultures can succeed over time especially if they all buy into the unhealthiness, but uh, not necessarily be sustainable. No, I, I agree with that. I think at, uh, at a certain point in time, I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, when the economy's going great and, and so on, there's a lot of, a lot of mistakes and a lot of wounds that get covered up. But when it gets, it gets pretty tough, then, uh, yeah, I've seen that where it just, uh, things really unravel pretty quickly. Absolutely. So uh, any other lessons from CEO to CEO and over your 15 years? As I sort of alluded to, I think there's a big difference between people that are uh, leading an organization that look at themselves as being a leader and they look at that as a career. It's a discipline into itself to be a good leader as opposed to uh, a manager. Uh, being a manager, uh, you know, where you're just sort of uh, moving day to day, you're sort of moving the parts and, and making things operationally work is very, very important. But successful CEOs sort of... Uh, see their real important role to be able to, uh, you know, and it's, it's been identified. They sort of uh, realize their job is to really uh, get their arms around some type of vision for the organization uh, that they need to be uh, external, you know, curious about the external world, what, you know, people in other industries, other walks of life, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? Uh, and quite frankly, leave a lot of them, you know, hire good people to be the managers, the day-to-day -day execution. And, and, and having the ability, the talent management genome to recognize what, uh, what are the right people to put on the right seats on that bus, right? And that gets back to what you used to do as a living uh, in, in support of CEO to CEO. Oh, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. You're bringing up a good point in my uh, management leadership development programs, uh, primarily focused on the 10 primarily skills that a manager needs to be successful. That's everything from, you know, hiring to motivating to delegating to um, budgets, you know, whole range of managerial responsibilities. And often we get asked, so like, so of those 10, what are the, you know, what's the most important skill a manager can have? And I always come back to hiring. You know, if, you, if you're good at hiring the right people that, that are gonna fit into your culture, um, your job of managing those people in the organization becomes much more easy or, you know, it's just, it's just a big difference. If you're not, if you hire the wrong people, um, you, you know, you just really can't change people. You might be able to alter them a little bit, but uh, if you have the wrong people, it's, it's a headache. I know from personal experience on both sides. Yeah. Leaders at the end of the day, they're dealing with a bunch of puzzle pieces that they have to put in, into some kind of representation of that vision and mission. All those puzzle pieces, people, process, technology. Uh, and uh, yeah, so they have to be great operators or at least find the great operators to be able to execute on, on uh, and be able to leverage that leadership instinct. That's right. That's uh, right. You know, it, uh, one, a guy named Max Dupree once said leadership is an art. And I just love how you frame this, John, because you said there's an innate curiosity, there's a learning gene inside leaders, the leaders you uh, uh, encountered over the years that really need to know the how and the why. They want to practice their craft 
um, right? They, they want to think outside the box and they want to hear what other people have done in that regard and what's worked and what hasn't. And uh, I, I just think it's phenomenal. You were able to get these people into a room to practice their craft. Um, uh, is CEO to CEO still happening today? It is. Um, I sold the uh, CEO to CEO about two and a half years ago. Um, and it's, it's continued on. Uh, obviously, with the um, COVID virus, it's online now. Um, but it, it still continues. And, and uh, they've changed the format a little bit in terms of uh, um, having monthly breakfasts. Um, and I don't know how successful that's been or not. It's, it certainly puts a lot of onus on you if you're uh, in my situation, when I was um, doing the CEO to CEO, it was sort of a uh, something I was really interested in and I got a lot out of, but at, at a core level, it was an opportunity to develop business, to meet business owners and CEOs uh, and to sort of filter them, you know, funnel them into my regular business work, <laughs> my money-making business, if you will. So to right. do it on a monthly basis would have uh, taken away from that, but um Obviously, they feel that they want to do it once a month, and I, I don't know the success of that or not, but still going, which I'm glad. It's still, it's still going. It's someone's, someone's doing something right if it's still going. So good for you, because a lot of times us leaders, uh, the greatest legacy we can give is they can uh, do it on their own afterwards, right? Yeah. No, I'm really, I'm really pleased for them. I, I'm, I'm really glad. It would have been disappointing to sell the business and find out that it just wasn't going to work for them. I uh, obviously have to take responsibility for that. But, uh, no, they're, they're very, very dedicated and very energetic about it. John, um, uh, two questions I always ask everyone I interview in the great conversation. Uh, one is, uh, what are you reading uh, that you would recommend to the community? And, and the second one is, who would you like us to bring to the table next for an interview uh, that you'd like to hear from? So uh, any thoughts on either of those two things? Well, I've, uh, I'm a, a regular reader, if you will, but uh, I've sort of gotten away from reading. Uh, reading That's okay. Reading. Well, I shouldn't say, I was going to say, I've sort of gotten away to just, you know, more recreational type reading, if you will. But uh, right now I'm reading the uh, new uh, John Meacham book on John Lewis. Oh, Really? That's a very good read. I, uh, uh, I just felt with uh, John Lewis, and of course it sort of came to forward and passing away, but uh, what a tremendous man. I mean, it's just like a, well, I always thought he was like a living hero in our midst. Of course, he's passed away now. And um, yeah, I was aware of his path through life and that type of thing. But obviously when you read a book and it's by a historian like Meacham, um, you really... <laughs> you see the incredible dedication and sacrifice of people like him. And you're just going like, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. Really. It's, it's uh, so that's a great book. It's a great book on leadership. Uh, well, and, uh, I, I, uh, I totally love that recommendation because if we're all trying to learn our craft here, recognizing self-sacrificial leaders like Lewis and what really uh, motivated them, I can't, I can't wait. I'll pick that one up tomorrow. Yeah, no, it's very good. It's very well written. And I, I think Meacham's is he's a great historian. So it's, uh, it's, it's probably in some spots more history than you care to read. But, um, and, you know, he was interfacing with a lot of great leaders. You know, you're reading about Martin Luther King and the Kennedys and uh, on and on and on of people that he was uh, engaged with and so on. So um, it was very good. Yes. 
And all of that. Your second question was who I would recommend. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned Bobby Herrera, and I'll send you information about Bobby. You know, Bobby uh, had built his company and is still involved in it as CEO to CEO, or as the CEO. Um, but his uh, intense interest in leadership and culture has led him to where he's doing, um, you know, uh, speaking now. He's He's become good friends with uh, Patrick Lencioni. Oh, excellent. Very well known and that type of thing. So, I mean, he's, uh, you know, Lencioni sort of took Bobby under his wing, just knowing the kind of person that he is. And uh, he's, he's a great guy. I'll send you his information. Love it. Love it. And if uh, you still have his email, just introduce me via email. I'll do that. Love it. Uh, this has been a great conversation with John Hartman, CEO to CEO founder, and still today, someone you can tell still practices his own craft. So, John, thanks again. Oh, I appreciate it, Ron. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.